You're listening to Sibling Talk, commentary from a progressive point of view. Now here are your hosts, John Paulette and Mary Jo Tumare. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Uh, Mary, before we begin our conversation, uh, we have breaking news uh, in from the decision desk here at ST News. Uh, our decision desk is ready. Uh, there, it just broke. They are ready to call the election for Joe Biden. <laughs> I, I've just talked to them, and they said they've been in a process of ascertaining who the winner would be. But now with uh, Michigan and Pennsylvania both certifying, I think that's the general feeling, don't you? It is, and I just got a... Um text a meme of somebody from someone that said that biden has won michigan so many times he needs to officially change his name to ohio state (laughs) (laughs) we can give it a little oh i o yeah there just so we just so we get that together i i mean there's almost nothing to say in this i i i guess of course you know the way sibling talk works is when there's nothing to say, we will say it. But, yeah, at minute uh, 16, we'll be like, oh, no, we got to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, I mean, thank God. Are, is the boulder finally rolling down the hill? Or I guess it has been. And is the country going to come to the point of saying, okay, Joe Biden is going to be president? I think the country has said that. I, I think not just Election Day. And then those few days later, but when you talk to people and I don't care who they support, they're like, oh, yeah, Biden's the president. So it was just kind of humoring Trump for the last. Has it been three weeks since three since weeks. the networks yeah. called it? for Biden? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my yeah. Lord. And so Trump is the one that's having trouble either accepting it or figuring out what his next plan is, whatever goes on in that crazy head of his. But I think that except for a small percentage of people, it's just, you know, repeating, confirming the inevitable. But I'm going to make a prediction for you. I do not think even over the next couple of weeks, I'm not talking about next year, that we've heard the last of Donald Trump and I won this election. I I think that what happened was the pressure on beginning the transition was so great. And even some of the real Weasley Republicans were saying, well, we gotta let the thing play out, but we should let the transition begin. We know now that a uh, hundred plus uh, major corporate executives had uh, uh, told Trump, we gotta begin the transition. Uh, that uh, paragon of heroism and moral virtue from your state, Rob Portman, uh, (laughs) said we ought to begin the transition. I wonder if Mark Meadows, you can put some other names with with this, didn't say, okay, listen, you're not conceding. You haven't lost the election. You can begin the transition. That doesn't change anything. When it finally comes out that you've won, you'll simply go on. And is there, are there still those voices, Rudy Giuliani for one, saying to him, this is not over. And 
we will hear somewhere in the next week or so Trump say, no, we're going to try this. We're going to do this because we're not at the Electoral College. I mean, that may happen because that's three weeks away, right? December 14th. I keep remembering that date because it's my birthday. Right. That's that's why the uh, Founding Fathers put it on that day. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not always on that date, but this particular year. Yeah. Um, But I... I think that's possible over the next three weeks that, you know, delusional thinking takes over. But I think what's more likely, and I know this is not an idea that's unique to me, but it does make sense, that what Trump is about is delegitimizing Biden. Because if Biden was a legitimate winner, one fair and square, that's the thing that Trump can't stomach. That's what his ego can't take. So if he's built up a narrative that the the win was not legitimate, there was cheating, he can ride that for the next four years, three years, until he decides to run again or run someone in his stead, you know, to stay relevant. And really, wasn't that what the birther thing was all about for him, which is he wanted to delegitimize Obama? So well, I think it wa- he loves the delegitimizing. Yeah, but it also, I think it is that, and I thought that was in Bertha, but the other part of that was what <clears throat> galled him so much was the suggestion that because of foreign Russian interference in the election, he in some way was less than a legitimate president. What galled him was that he had not won the popular vote. If you remember... He claimed, no, I actually did. There were just all those fake ballots. And he even appointed a commission to try and find those fake ballots that they couldn't. What seemed to always sit with Donald Trump was that there was some question about his presence. Yeah, that's true. And they say that, you know, one of the reasons he wants to undermine and ruins Biden's presidency because he felt that was done to him. And I think what he misunderstands about what happened is there were questions about how he got elected. But I don't remember anyone saying he's not a legitimate president. I mean, Hillary conceded. He had a normal transition. Even Obama met with him. He was sworn in. So I don't think it's like we thought he's not the president. We just didn't love the way it happened. And I have been thinking about the counter narrative to this, which is what if Obama, based on everything he knew, which was quite a lot, right, what they knew before the election about Trump, the Russians, WikiLeaks, all that, had said after Trump won, surprisingly, you know, okay, maybe he did, but I'm going to spend up between the now and the Electoral College making sure that all the electors have the information they need to decide whether or not they should vote for him or seat him as the next president. Because if the electors would have know what we know, maybe they would make the decision to put the, throw their votes to Hillary. That was a possibility. Obama would never have done that because, you know, he's such an institutionalist. But if Obama had done that, and so this time Trump is using 
to say these are all fake ballots. Obama had said, I'm going to call electors in state by state and say, I'm just presenting you the evidence. Do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what Trump and his side and his supporters would have done, John? We would have had like a total meltdown as opposed to the way that the opposition to Trump and, you know, the Democrats are acting like, okay, Trump, you have to play your thing out. I get it. But in the end of the day, you know, we're going to seat Biden or we're going to um, inaugurate Biden and he'll be the president. <clears throat> and it's not created a constitutional crisis. Right. And, and maybe that's what we wanted. I, you know, I feel a little frustrated uh, that maybe we're not pushing back. You know, why are we uh, catering to this guy's ego? But what we really want is a government and a nation that plays according to the rules. And if that means we've got to just let this process go on, well, okay, that's the way it is. And certainly we should have known that's the kind of administration we're going to have from Joe Biden. And that's Uh, just our reality. Honestly, I mean, I'll let go through the day because Trump is not in the news, really. And go through the day and think, wow, I haven't been obsessed all day, every day with what's happening in Washington. It's very refreshing. It absolutely is. You know, something I am a little bit obsessed about, maybe more than I should, uh, are the cabinet picks. Have, what, oh, what interesting. Have, yeah. What have you been thinking about that? So it's so normal, right, compared to what we've been through the last four years. These are experienced people. It doesn't feel like any kind of tokenism or anything. You know, you pick the, um, what that, what's that woman's name for the ambassador, UN ambassador? You're like, oh, yeah, that's the right job for her. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw somebody sent me this funny little um, thing that the Secretary of State had done while he was with the uh, Obama folks with the Sesame Street, like Grover or something. I thought... Yeah, that's like normal, too, you know, where you just have these super talented people communicating at all levels of society to help us understand what it is that our government does and believes in. And I thought um, they were good. And the other thing I thought was super interesting was John Kerry as this, you know, in um, climate change guru or whatever. That's a very, and and he's in the national security space, right? So that's a very interesting indication of where Biden's policy goals will be. And putting someone with the kind of stature that John Kerry has, I thought that was important. I think it's very, very important. And I I really thought it was interesting. Well, you and I talked about the possibility of Susan Rice uh, uh, for uh, Secretary of State. And, you know, the Republicans were already uh, videotaping ads uh, about that. And that would have created uh, a huge, huge fight. It doesn't appear that Biden is inviting any of those fights. Uh, He's not nominating Hillary Clinton uh, for something. I mean, he wasn't going to do that. But you get my drift on that. Yeah. You know, the. The woman, Linda, and I, I feel really badly. I've just forgotten her last name as well. Uh, she's nominated for United Nations ambassador. She is a career 
foreign service person entire career she went she passed the foreign service exam way back when she spent her whole life in that she is clearly qualified for it how uh the how the republican or the republican senate would find a way to oppose nominations like that is beyond me. now having said that uh there's a lot of things Mitch McConnell's done that is really, <laughs> really beyond me so I shouldn't discount that possibility but but I feel like what we're seeing is a statement I'm from Joe Biden speaking here I'm going to go back I'm going to deal with people I have dealt with for a long time I mean, people I can trust people who view the world the way I can people who are incredibly qualified unlike for the last one know how to run a government know how to run policy and we are going to very quickly have a very 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 stable uh administration and i would put maybe on the top of that list janet yellen i mean i was just going to say that i mean is that controversial in any way cuz didn't trump fire her yeah so that's not controversial, though, is it, to put her in at Treasury? I don't. I think you have to make a really hard argument. This is an incredibly, incredibly qualified, highly skilled person. And Trump did not fire her for what I'm going to call Republican reasons, you know, like Republican policy. You know, Trump wanted control of the Fed so that he would have monetary policies that fit his political goals. And we've seen what he's done to another Fed chairman uh, uh, after that. I just cannot believe that that will be, be controversial. You know, unless it comes up some story about her drinking a lot of beer in a fraternity or something. But, <laughs> but you know what's interesting is when you put somebody who was at the Federal Reserve at the Treasury then that also tells me, and I don't know that much about financial stuff, so this is really just, you know, a, a political statement that Biden understands the challenges in the economy and that monetary policy is going to be part of how we get things moving again. And I suspect decisions will be made that you and I will not agree with. No, I agree. But I think the people who are happy, the Wall Street people, are. I think they're saying to themselves, we haven't felt this good since Timothy Geithner became <laughs> Secretary of Treasury. But do you think that allows Biden to then put Bernie Sanders at labor? Could be. Uh, interesting choice. I, I've thought a lot about that. And something in me feels like Bernie simply likes being a senator. But perhaps uh, the lure of being a cabinet member, especially later in your career, is, is really great. And he can, that's a big, high-impact job. And he has been um, kind of uh, applying for it. You know, he's been out there saying that he wants that job. But you you control the um, National Labor Relations Board, yeah. wage and hour. I mean, you have a lot of control over the issues he believes in. And part of that is managing all these departments and undoing what Trump did. So I don't know whether, you know, that's just too controversial and that would, you know, send all the conservatives in the 
um, you know, their head spinning. But I think that would be an interesting choice, particularly yeah. counterbalancing. But I, but I have Yellen. to tell you, on behalf of the progressive wing of the party, if if Biden doesn't make a, a few conservative heads spin, there are going to be a lot of upset progressives. Exactly. And you would you would make a lot of people happy by putting yeah. Bernie in and for labor. We have not even gotten to the question of Liz Warren yet, and we'll need to talk talk about that. Listen, but I we're at minute say, 16 and a half, and yeah, we I, have said nothing for 16 minutes. Yeah. And I just <laughs> I want to, uh, on behalf of both of us, give my thanks to the careful, patient, slow work that our Sibling Talk Enterprises decision desk did on calling this election. Hi, fabulous. They're so fabulous. They're amazing. <laughs> Talk to you. Sibling Talk is a JMP production. Theme song by David Paulette.